on this episode of Why Watch That. Just grab your iPad, grab your phone, go to the car. Say you're taking the garbage out. Sneak in an episode. And I think it'll feel fresh. But the thing about a soap opera is they just got that script maybe five minutes ago. <laughs> this is one episode you're filming a week. <laughs> I don't want to be watching something, enjoying it, and have a peacock pop up at the bottom of the screen. It's alarming. Oh. Stop with <laughs> literal peacock coming up all big on the screen. I'm watching something. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And what always makes me laugh is the opening song. Would you take a bullet? Would you bite the gun? It's literally how it goes. Every time I hear it, I laugh. I think it's perfect for the show. He really dug a lot of ditches because he had a lot of problems before he met her. He dug a lot of ditches to get her that fish. And she ate it. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Oh, listeners. Oh, listeners. We've missed you. Oh, you're not going to sing that part either. <laughs> we missed you. Oh, listen to that. You would never know that he has a dark heart. <laughs> I am so excited because we have more TV to talk about. I think it was a little bit, uh, critic, we can be honest. There was some, there was some slim pickings mm. during the summer months, um, especially under this climate. And as of taping, none of the theaters are fully operating Um at least in LA in that sense. I don't know what New York is looking like out there, but (laughs) nobody's going to the theater. In fact, to veer off the subject a second, just it's a little painful even watching some of these basketball games to see. And I just, I'm so glad you said, can we please with the virtual fans, please come on y'all. I mean, they don't look right. And these are real people. You know, I, I will tell you, my brother had a great idea. Why didn't they? Why didn't they get all thirty mascots and have them there? Oh yeah, having a good time. I know y'all yeah. want fans there and all of that. Come on, y'all. Oh, it's it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. But you know, who knows 
what's going to happen in the future. Hopefully we'll get this vaccine going and see each other in the theater once again. Well, you won't be seeing me for a while. I'm sorry, but, (laughs) but some of you are really itching to get out there, but until then, let's see what TV can do to hold us down a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen some, this is just a little bit of info. There are some like Warner brothers. It's been reported that in Vancouver, they're starting to rile up production for some of their things. So Canada's starting to see some momentum. Uh, Tyler Perry Studios is open. And he was on GMA talking about, you know, doing a whole season in two weeks. Now, bravo, bravo to that man. But I don't know if that's possible for everyone else. So we may start to see some new things coming through. But until then... We've got a couple series premieres. Well, not even a couple. We've got a, a quite a few series premieres. A couple season finales and a first look to talk about. Here's the bottom line, folks. Some of us are really dipping from a... a the well is becoming dry. And we are, you know, getting a little antsy in home. I think sometimes you just need to escape. Just sometimes. Hmm. You know, you just need to... Sneak away in your bathroom, grab your iPad, and sneak in an episode here and there. <laughs> I know that some of you, you parents are really over watching Moana and Frozen and anything else. But, you know, here are some things that you could do. Just grab your iPad, grab your phone, go to the car. Say you're taking the garbage out. Sneak in an episode. <laughs> sneak in an episode, and I think it'll feel fresh. So let's start with Frayed on HBO Max. Now, we're going to start to see a nice flow of content on HBO Max. Of course, they wouldn't have launched any other way. They would have held their launching. And we've had mixed reviews here with HBO Max. You have liked, I think, maybe one, (laughs) a thing or two. And then the other things are a bit challenging. But let's talk about Freight. It's only six episodes. And again, HBO Max isn't something additional that you need to have if you already had HBO. They've um, um, lumped it in. So when you download the app, you can stick with the HBO stuff, of course, but then you can dive into more of their offerings and also their catalog. So Freight, what are we doing here? Yeah, and this is a a Max original, so it's not going to air on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an Australian and British show. So, you know, it's coming to us from all over the place. Now, what's happening here is there's a, a wealthy woman at the beginning of this show, and we're in the 80s, and she's rushing to the hospital. Why? Her husband died. Is she sad about that? Oh, boy. Now, he is wealthy. The family's wealthy. She has two teenage children, a son and a daughter, Oh, my. And she comes to find out from her financial advisor that they owe all kinds of money. Oh, dear. So she ain't rich no more. So what does she decide to do? Well, she decides to take her kids back home from England to Australia. Now, she hasn't been in Australia since she was young. Why? Why did she leave? Her kids haven't even met her mother or her brother. Now she gets to Australia and they're looking at her like, oh, what are you doing back here? She has to stay with mom. Mom is like, why are you staying with me? What's going on? And she's like, oh, you know, we we have to just wait until everything is arbitrated. She's not telling the truth. Mm. What else is she lying about? 
We find that when she went to the UK, she changed her name, changed her history, all kinds of stuff. Her kids didn't even know her real name. Oh boy. So she comes back to Australia and she has to deal with uh, the damage that she left in her wake. There's uh, the man who got away, or maybe she got away. Mm. Her brother is not happy that she's back because he wants mom's house. It's his house, not hers. He's been there. Okay. <laughs> and the mom is like, mm. now she has a problem with mom because mom had drinking problems. Oh boy. But now mom is sober. So what's that relationship like? And then we also see how the brother has this significant other who's egging him on to do certain things. The mother has her eye on someone else that maybe she's going to date romantically. Sammy, this lead character uh, played by Sarah Kendall here, who uh, created it, by the way. Uh, What's going on with her? Can she get a job? Does she have any skills? And what about her two teenage children? They don't know that mom is broke. They don't know that it might be permanent here in Australia. Oh, boy. They're like, why are we going to school here? (laughs) So that's the setup of free. Now, this is a comedy. Oh, okay. Okay. There we go. So that's what's happening here. It is a comedy. Again, it's in the 80s. You get all of the 80s stuff happening. And what I'll say is, I thought it was fine. Now, this, this kind of show... It reminds me of Getting On, which I like to bring up from HBO, which was based on a British show. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of that kind of thing, um, where you have this kind of deadpan humor about things that are dark. I mean, I won't tell you what the coroner says to Sammy when uh, he's talking about what happened to her husband who who died, Mm -hmm. because that husband was not up to any good. So they, there's a lot of people saying a lot that's on their mind that normal people wouldn't say. People who are having misunderstandings and saying things and offending each other without knowing it. It's that kind of comedy. So if you like kind of that kind of thing, I would say, why not check it out if you have HBO Max? It's there, like you said, Ref, it's only six episodes. And you'll quickly know whether this is the kind of show that you should be watching. I watched the first two episodes. That was about enough for me. Oh, okay. Well, maybe the listeners can start with getting on to see if they would like that kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. And that is available to them on HBO Max. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britannia. Now, when you had this on the list, I thought, oh, they've made a they've made a show about the encyclopedia. Like that could be interesting, sort of because encyclopedia comes to life. Yeah, that's not it at all. <laughs> at all. It's um, available on Amazon Prime. And can I say something about Amazon Prime just for a second? Now, you as listeners, if you're new to us or you're relatively new and you're curious, if you have Prime, you've got Amazon Prime. I don't I, No, seriously, critic. I've had to explain this to my family, to friends, like friends who are my age and totally capable human beings mm-hmm. who don't take advantage of the fact that they have Prime. Amazon Prime. So again, listeners, if you have Prime, if you order things from Amazon via Prime, mm-hmm. you've got Amazon Prime. Yeah, if and you're paying good- for Prime every six months, every year, <laughs> you have it. You have Amazon Prime. I, no, seriously, I had to get that yeah. out there. I think that's actually, that's an Amazon uh, publicity problem. 
I do. I agree with you. I do agree because you don't know. You you see these. Um, they don't make the connections. You know, you see, oh, Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime, and right. you're like, oh man, I'm not going to pay. You know, gosh, I already have Netflix. <laughs> no, no, you got it. Yeah. You've got it. So Britannia is also something you have on Amazon Prime, and um, it you know, ironically, it's also available on Epics, which. Okay, yeah, you don't have that. There's like five people who have epics, and those five people have everyone else stealing their streaming credentials. No, that's not true at all. But you already have Britannia available to you. According to this, it's also season two is brewing and will be coming to us relatively quickly. They even have a season three in its sights. So what, obviously I was wrong. Please correct me. This is not about the encyclopedia. (laughs) Tell us a wise one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been on Amazon Prime for a couple of years, actually. Um, So it was on my list and I was like, okay, but I have so much to watch. I was like, okay, I'll get to it one day. And then Epics picked it up, as you said, Ref. Um, And because the first season was co-produced by Amazon Prime or by Amazon, I should say. Epics will co-produce the third, so they are going to give us all of it. Um, so in preparation for season two coming in October, I was like, let me watch season one right now and then share with the listeners. So we are around the time of Jesus. The very beginning is uh, before Jesus was born, when Julius Caesar was, of course, going throughout the world and conquering but he was unable to conquer Britannia, which we know as Great Britain right now. Why? There was something about the people there in the land that repelled his troops. The only time he pulled back and went away. Now, we shuttle forward to after Jesus' death, and there's a new general from Rome who decides that, hey, I'm going back and I'm going to conquer this thing once and for all. I know how to do it. Now, in Britannia... They have these warring factions, let's say that. But uh, at the moment, they haven't really come to a head. It's getting there. And what holds them together is their religion, which is guided by the Druids. Now, if you're thinking, okay. (laughs) The Druids. The Druids. Now, if you're thinking, okay, this sounds like kind of cutesy kind of stuff, almost like Keebler Elf stuff. No. Oh, my gosh, no. No. These people are not to be messed with. They are the only ones who speak to the gods. They're the only ones who are allowed to write. If you're caught writing, you're dead. Okay. And all of the rulers go to the Druids to know what to do. The Druids mete out justice. So this Roman general, played by David Morrissey, by the way, who was in The Walking Dead. (laughs) Your favorite show. Yeah. Well, I was watching it when he was in it. He was one of the main villains before Negan. Anyway, so <laughs> Negan, <laughs> love you, Jeff, but Negan, no. Um, so Aulus Plautius is this general, and he says, "I know how to get these people in order. First of all, mm. I'm going to stoke these factions to fight each other, and I'll use them against each other. Mm. Second of all, I'm going to topple their gods. That's how you do it. Now, how mm. does he do this?" Well, he comes to them in peace, of course. He says, just look out there, see all my troops? You don't want that. So instead, just come with me. I'll protect you. You'll be under the aegis of Rome. 
you can be in charge. He tells different people this. In particular, two warring families. Now, one of the families includes a member played by Kelly Riley. Oh, I didn't know she was. Mm-hmm. Oh. And if you go to Amazon Prime, like she's the one in the picture. Red hair. Ah, got it. So one of them, (laughs) so one of the families is her. She's a princess. Her father is the king. She has a brother who is played by uh, a guy who was in that Harlot show. He was Liv Tyler's brother, a terrible man. He was also, by the way, this actor, he was in Notting Hill. He was the guy when (laughs) Hugh Grant gets into that elevator to go visit uh, Julia Roberts the first time and he thinks it's the date. Yeah, at our hotel room, he's the guy who rides up with him. He's looking at him like, "What are you doing? Where are you going? Why are you going?" So that's him. Anyway, why do you store this stuff in your? <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Look, this is fun. So I love seeing him because he's just great. So they're in the same family. The father, though, did something terrible to betray their mother. Their mother had Roman blood. That's a no-no. The mother is dead, by the way. Now, but they're Roman. Well, they're part Roman because of her, but they're really from Britannia. You know, that's what they are. Now, the other family, I mean, they're just crazy. I'll just say it. They're crazy. There's this queen. But the queen is crazy for a reason. Because Kelly Riley's character did something unforgivable to her. I won't tell you what. It's almost unspeakable what she did. Oh, boy. So that's there. And Alice is like, okay, once he sniffs this out, He's using them against each other. He also meets with the Druids. And the head of the Druids, he's called the Second Man. Why? Mm. I won't tell you. But this Second Man lets Aulis essentially see what's coming by visiting their gods. I won't tell you how that goes down. And Aulis, after that, is transformed. He's very, he has a very clear vision. Now, there is a Druid who was an outcast. Let's go to him. He was kicked out of druiddom. (laughs) (laughs) And it was because he says he was possessed by a demon. And the demon is still with him, but the demon's kind of quiet, dormant. And he runs into a young girl who annoys him. I mean, we've seen this even in Game of Thrones with the Hound and Arya. Same kind of relationship. Mm. He said, get away from me. I don't want to be with you. Leave me alone. Now, why is she with him? What happened to her? I don't tell you that either. But do you think that she's somebody he should be swatting away? That's the question. And was he really possessed by a demon? Can you take any of this stuff seriously? I'll tell you, this show takes everything seriously. Mm. So everything I'm saying is real in the show. There are demons. There is magic. There's hypnotism. So all of this is going to come to to a head at the end of season one. And the question is, who's going to be left standing? Who is going to be the one to rule Britannia or be on the road to that? And for Aulus, he and the exiled Druid, they're on a collision course because the Druid thinks that he's a demon. This is crazy. It sounds it. It sounds like a cross between that show on History Channel. Vikings? Uh, Vikings meets uh, Game of Thrones meets... What do you think about this? That's exactly right. It is like Vikings if you think of the seer and Floki. Yes, yeah. That's where it is. And then I was kind of like, it's almost like C on Apple TV Plus. Mm. Crazy. But it wasn't, I was at the beginning, I was like, they haven't quite gotten to C's level of crazy. 
keep watching. <laughs> I did watch this whole thing, the whole first season. I watched the second season will be available in October again on Epics. And that's what it is. If you like that kind of crazy, this is the show for you. It looks, <laughs> most of it, almost all of it looks great. There were a couple of things where I was like, mm, but it looks great. Kelly Riley's red hair is just enough to watch. I mean, it's just there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. And these, the actors are really good, even if you don't know who they are. They are committed to the, the whole thing. There's a lot of conniving. I didn't tell you all of the relationships no. going on here. There are people who want to stab people in the back. I mean, this is it. And so if you like this kind of rough fantasy, even The Last King as well, which is now on Netflix. This kind of rough fantasy kind of show. This is for you. I don't even know if it's good. I just had to keep watching. Oh, so I'm sorry, just to, so that I'm clear, it's currently on Amazon Prime. And Epics. Season one mm-hmm. and Epics. Season two will be on Epics. Only. Only, that's right. Okay, so just note that, listeners, because if you get committed because you just found out you had time. <laughs> now you have to figure out how you're going to watch season two so just if you don't have epics maybe either figure out how you're going to get it or you know maybe just proceed with caution yes corner on cw don't know much about it just know it's on cw <laughs> so that's all i got folks so it is a Canadian show okay. <laughs> that, that CW just stole, of course, because th- that's what they do in the summer, especially, and especially now. Um, and it's about a coroner. <laughs> so it's a new coroner, and her name is Jenny, uh, played by Sorinda Swan, whose name I just love. And Jenny has just gone through a trauma. Her husband died right in front of her. Oh. And she's a medical doctor, okay? Died right in front of her at... Uh, their son's swim meet into the pool gone so you know some time elapses and she's decided to not be a doctor anymore but to become a coroner so this is really a procedural so it's about how is she going to navigate her past and be this new coroner is she going to be taken seriously she also has a particular way of doing her investigations that's not quite a standard She also has, in the first episode, a a guy who was a forensic pathologist who's under her, but who has been there for decades, who doesn't want to hear anything she has to say, doesn't want to listen to what she has to say, doesn't want to do it. What happens as a result of that? So in the first episode, of course, there's this case. It's this case involving kids in a juvenile detention facility. They're dying. Mm. Now, is it suicide or is there something else happening? And will anyone care? because these are juvenile delinquents. But I don't know if it's the show or if it's Canada or both, but I have to say they're Canadian juvenile delinquents. (laughs) I was looking at these kids like, why are they locked up? (laughs) 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 They had one one of the main kids there who hadn't died yet. He looked so innocent. I was like, what is going (laughs) on? I found that hilarious. But anyway, I mean, these kids would not be locked up. I'll put it that way. So... She has to figure this out, right? And the whole thing is, you're thinking, coroner, aren't they like just looking at dead bodies? No. She's investigating the causes of death. She's like a detective. So she comes into crime scenes and is running it. Okay. Oh, okay. And then, of course, this son, what's that relationship going to be like? 
right? I will say maybe it's because it's Canadian and, and they're just nice people. It's not this contentious thing between mother and son. Thank you. Oh my oh. gosh, thank you. I'm so over that. Well, not in episode one. Oh, well. I don't know about the rest. Now, why am I reviewing this? Yeah, I'm very curious. <laughs> it's because I will not be continuing to watch this, but I was watching it ref going, what in the world is happening here? There are some scenes that are so ridiculous. Like there's a scene between uh, the coroner and, and the forensic pathologist where he finally has had enough. It's so bad that I had to keep. <laughs> oh no. I was like, what is going on? And the thing is, they do have an idea here. I think it, it was interesting to me to watch a coroner work. We've never really seen that. Right. I was like, oh, they're investigating. The problem is they don't know their own show based on episode one. The show works when she's investigating and please take away the melodrama. We don't need it. What is going on? And if you want me to believe that they're juvenile delinquents, you got to cast juvenile delinquent like people or write it that way. Like what is going on? I mean, it's, it's like, it's like a soap opera, but the thing about a soap opera is they just got that script maybe five minutes ago. <laughs> maybe they got the script changes. <laughs> like, those actors are doing work. This is one episode you're filming a week. <laughs> <laughs> so that's card on CW. Oh, boy. Well, you know, check it out as you will. Hitman, which is on Peacock. And this is Peacock <laughs> every time, every single time. Please, I beg of you, change this name. I beg of you. I beg <laughs> of you. But it's on Peacock. And we reviewed Peacock's offering, offerings not too long ago. So you can check out that episode. This is yet another. This is interesting because I had to get clarity. It stars, get this, the original hosts of The Great British Bake Off slash the great British baking show. So I was like, critic, why are we reviewing unscripted? Like, what are we doing here? And he was like, no, no, this is scripted. So we're Peacock. I'm curious about Hitman. Hitman, because what is going on here? What is happening? (laughs) Now, remember, uh, you know, Sue Perkins. Are we scraping the bottom of the bowl? (laughs) Well, Sue and Mel, now this is, of course, from the Cross the Pond. It aired on Sky, uh, one across the pond. Um, so, you know, Peacock picked it up. Uh, can I just say, now that we're talking about Peacock, let me tell you something, Peacock. Oh, and, and, and stop. Let me tell y'all something. If I am watching an, uh, a Universal NBC Universal Network, I don't want to be watching something, enjoying it, like a, a rerun of Shark Tank, and have a Peacock pop up at the bottom of the screen. It's alarming. Stop with (laughs) literal peacock coming up all big on the screen. I'm watching something. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) That is ridiculous. Very affronting. Anyway. So for Hitman, so it's Sue and Mel, but keep in mind, Sue and Mel, they're comedians and actors. Yeah. You know. So this show, they are Hitmen. It's them, the two of them. And it's a comedy, I'm assuming. Obviously, yes. Okay, okay. Well, you... Hey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe they went, you know, all the way in and they're doing dramatic, but <laughs> I don't know who would green like it's that. It's the show. Brits. <laughs> it's the Brits. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. So, you know, at the very beginning, they're carrying out a hit. 
Well, what does it look like to see Sue and Mel doing that? <laughs> right. And do, do things go according to plan is the question. Now, I'll tell you, they will kill you, but they might do it by mistake or <laughs> not the way they wanted to. So we see that. And then we see them go on a new job where they have to handle this guy. And, you know, are they going to kill him or not? They're waiting for the call. The guy is tied up. Uh, during this time, it's one of their birthdays. Yes. So, you know, they're waiting for this call to know whether they need to off this guy, but it's birthday time. So how do they celebrate the birthday while they're in a van with this guy tied up with a bag on his head? Who do they invite to the party? (laughs) And do they get away once they figure out what's going on? And in the end, do they actually kill this guy? Because the guy starts getting in on, on the fun with them. How? How does that transpire? That's the question. And then in the end, you'll see what the resolution is of episode one. Now, episode one is free on the Peacock platform. The rest of them are not. Mm. So when they do this, it's always my task to say, is it worth it to pay for the rest? Mm. If you like Sue and Mel, if you're like in the Sue and Mel fan club, maybe. It's not bad. And Sue and Mel know each other like the backs of their hands. So, you know, their banter is there. They know how to work off of each other, all of that. It's like, imagine if you take them from the Great British Baking Show, which we call it here, and just make them hitmen and put them into a comedy. Oh, boy. That's kind of what it is. Um, So it's not as, it's probably better than it sounds. But again, you can just watch the first episode and see for yourselves. Uh, That's not a huge commitment. Again, it's free. Just on the off chance that you would be a fan, I would say, check that out if it sounds interesting. I was fine with it, but I certainly would not pay to watch the rest of it. Now, it's only six episodes, so if you do make that commitment, you're not, like, diving in as, it, you know, yeah. 20 plus episodes. So there and then it is. you could watch the, the catcher, too. Well, there you go. We hunt together. This is new on Showtime. Also six episodes. Mm. Also coming from Britain. So basically we should title this The Pond is Here. Or, I, I, you know, <laughs> Britain has yeah. been certainly a life jacket mm-hmm. in the drowning of the lack of TV that's happening here in America, you know, because of production stopping. But the Brits keep going and they <laughs> keep going. So we hunt together. I do not know much about this. You've watched some of it or all of it. I'm not sure. What's going on here? Um, So the first episode is available on Showtime now in the States. And uh, this is a detective procedural. That's what it is. Um, And the twist here is there's this couple. Freddie is the female's name and Baba is the male's name. And they carried out a murder. But it's a murder of the sexual variety. Oh, boy. Yikes. How did they meet? In the early goings of episode one, they don't know each other. Now, Baba is working in a club bathroom, you know, like handing out soap. And Freddie comes in with another guy into the bathroom. He's like, okay, what's going on? And, you know, they want to have a good time in the stall. And he's like, you can't do that in here. The guy is very disagreeable. Freddie is not. There's something about Freddie that Baba, it's like the, the camera slows down, you know, all of that kind of stuff. What is that about? So I'm looking at it going, is this supernatural? (laughs) I'm like, what is happening? Are they like, is this like some sort of, they have some sort of connection, some psychic connection? I don't know. 
But there is something. And there's something that goes out down between Freddie and this guy she took into the bathroom in the alley behind the club that makes Baba feel very protective. I'll put it that way. And then leads to a murder. Now, investigating this murder, they don't know who did the murder, what actually happened. They just see the evidence of it. Are two detectives. One detective is Jackson Reed, who's new to this kind of job. Now, he was a detective actually investigating other cops before this. Mm. So how is he going to be received by his partner and inferior? She's below him, Lola Franks. Now, Lola has been in homicide for a while. He's new to it. He's the boss. She's the one with experience. How does that work? And he's coming from what we would call internal affairs. That's not what they call it. They have a a, a better name. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Now, this guy, Jackson Reed, this detective, he's a very, like, good guy, happy-go-lucky. He's doing a murder investigation. He's disarming people. He's smiling. He's thanking witnesses. I mean, what is going on? And Lola's looking at him like, what are you doing? But she can't say anything. This is her boss. So what is that dynamic like? He does tell her, look, be frank with me, okay? I know I'm new. I'll get up to speed. But the thing is, is he as stupid as he seems? That's really the question. Mm. Or does he know some things that maybe Lola doesn't? There were interesting little hints of that in the first episode. Also, we do learn more about him toward the end of that episode that shows us that maybe he's not as smiley all the time as you would think. There is a method to everything he's doing. And through Lola, we're going, "Mm, okay, what are we going to do with this guy? So it's really two separate storylines. We see these murderers and their relationship. And we see this detective relationship. So the question is, how do those two storylines compare? Y'all set them up separately, so got to judge them separately. And I've got to say that the whole murderer storyline thing, I didn't care. I didn't need to know anything about them. Right. But the detectives, that was interesting. And they're played by Babu Sisse and Eve Miles. Very good actors. Very interesting uh, setup of personalities there. Even as I was saying, you may have been thinking, hmm, that's interesting. How is that going to work? That's exactly what I was thinking watching the first episode. And I'll continue to watch because of that. Mm. I do want to see how they develop. And I think that's an interesting twist on this procedural. However, the question is going to be, how much patience will I have and maybe someone else with the other stuff? I don't know. And we'll find out. But if you have Showtime, of course, you can check that first episode out right now. Thank you for that. Now, we're going to move on to the couple of season finales that we have here. Bulletproof, which on CW, I this is season two, the end of it. Did it was it able to end, you know, in a way that didn't seem abrupt because of the situation we're in? The world isn't. Yes, and, it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, good. I'm glad it was able to end in its way because I saw it's only eight episodes and CW is infamous for their robust season episode orders. Mm-hmm. So where, where do we land with this bulletproof? Well, uh, by the way, it will be coming back. I don't know if on the CW it will, but across the pond, they have a three-part special planned 
So they're continuing it. Is this another import? It is. My goodness. Yeah, this is about imports. <laughs> <laughs> and what always makes me laugh is the opening song. Would you take a bullet? Would you bite the gun? That's literally how it goes. <laughs> Every time I hear it, I laugh. I think it's perfect for the show. And it's starring and created by Noel Clark and Ashley Walters. Now, Ashley Walters is in everybody's favorite show, Top Boy. That's Duchesne. Oh, so that's right. Mm-hmm. We're back to this. And they are two undercover uh, detectives. In uh, season two, they're trying to bring down this criminal family. Uh, by infiltrating, you know, if they show you this, they're going to be found out. Do they make it out alive? Do they actually get the family? All of that stuff. That's what happens in the season. But these two are funny. They're best friends. All of that's going on. They have this banter between the two of them. That's the kind of thing. It's kind of like lethal weapon in that way. Mm. So it's just a fun show to watch. I mean, I really can't give away the plot because that gives away everything. But just know they're undercover. Also know there's something going on in season two back in the actual precinct. There's something going on in the detective group. There's a new person in charge who doesn't like them. So is this person going to stop their careers? Is this person going to get in the the way of their investigation? Is this person going to put people in harm's way? Mm. Also... Their boss, she's got her own problem that falls on the head of one of them. So there's some wrinkles thrown in in season two as they're trying to infiltrate this criminal family and so on and so forth. So I would say, if you haven't checked this out, I guess you could watch it on CW's app and find it that way. It's just a nice, light detective procedural show that has a bit of comedy from them, but it's still a procedural and you still get those thrilling beats. You still get car chases and shootouts and things like that. So it's summer fun. And I think it's appropriate for CW to bring it to us at this time. Well, there you go. With that, we've got to talk about the season finale of Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this was on HBO. And it is Matthew Reese's show. You gave us an indication the first I think you've reviewed the first couple episodes now we've concluded it now it's already been renewed for season two Mm -hmm. so it ain't going anywhere (laughs) but did the season go anywhere that's the question yeah and I mentioned that episode two seemed like they were on the right track after episode one now after having watched the whole thing well before I get to my take this is Perry Mason I love that theme show or theme song. <laughs> yeah, I do. At the, at the end of uh, the final episode of the season, they bring that music in. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Uh, a take on it. I'll put it that way. So this is uh, just keep in mind that Perry Mason is based on uh, uh, a character created by Earl Stanley Gardner. Okay, so this he's a book character. So that was the original basis. So they're coming back to those books. And this is before Perry was a lawyer. That's where this show starts. Now, in episode five, at the end, he becomes a lawyer. He passes the bar. Okay. Why? What was the impetus for that? Now, this is Matthew Reese playing Perry Mason. Keep in mind, we had John Lithgow playing his kind of father figure, friend, employer uh, guy who he fights with. 
<laughs> who's a lawyer. And because of their relationship, I won't tell you how, that's what leads to Perry becoming a lawyer himself. Now, working with him and also kind of fighting with him is Della Street, played by Juliet Rylance, uh, who was in The Nick. And Della ain't the one to be messed with either. So she's helping Perry. She's helping um, E.B., who's John Lithgow's character as well, deal with this case of this mother who's been accused of killing her own baby son. The husband left her. Why? Mm. The husband is rich because of his father. But what does that mean? And they're connected to this mysterious church, this Sister Alice McKeegan, who's played by Tatiana Maslany. There's also her mother, who's played by Lily Taylor, that whole relationship we get. So we find out that the sister says, I'm going to bring this baby back to life on this date. (laughs) Okay. Now the church is split in two. There are people who want the sister to go down and they think this is their opportunity. But does the sister have something up her sleeve? Also, what about the mother who's on trial? Now the church is paying for her representation. Why? And eventually it's Perry who's the one who has to represent her in court. And he has to do this against Stephen Root's district attorney. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's why I said that for the ref. (laughs) Now, if you don't know Stephen Root, I mean, Uh, Milton in office space, my staplers, my stapler. I mean, and so on and so forth. (laughs) <laughs> he was the judge and justified. <laughs> okay. So this district attorney, by the way, wants to run to become the mayor of LA. So he has bigger sights. Now, this case stinks. We know this as an audience. The DA knows this because the detectives who found this whole crime, they ain't no good. I won't tell you how but they're not kosher. Mm -hmm. So there's a cover-up going on. There are all kinds of secrets and lies and everything else happening, and people are dying. So with that said, we are in the 1930s. You do get that period piece look. After episode one, they settled into the look. It's L.A. Noir. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. L.A. Noir. Think L.A. Confidential. There you go. But does it live up to L.A. Confidential otherwise? No. Let me tell y'all something. Tell it. One thing that's frustrating to me is when I watch a show and I know what the show is better than the people making it. Hmm. This is called what, Ref? Harry Harry Mason. Mason. And when you hear that name, what do you think? Lawyer. Right, crime. When this show is at its best, it's when he's either investigating or others are, or he's in the courtroom. In episode six, when he finally gets into the courtroom, I was like, oh, there's the show. But they don't know it. They don't stay there. In episode two, it was investigating. There's the show. I don't need to know about his drinking, as I said in the previous time I reviewed it. His relationship with a Latinx woman, Veronica Falcone, whom I love. I don't care. Now, there's a reason why she's there. You find out in the end. Come on, y'all. I didn't need to know that. I didn't need it in the story. I don't need to know anything about the sister. Love Tatiana. Love Lily. They are excellent actresses. Don't care. Just get to Perry investigating, becoming the lawyer. Let's do it. Make it a procedural. Why not? The cast looked confused. Oh, no. Some moments, I'm an actor. I can see it. 
I was like, Ooh, you didn't know what the scene was about. It wasn't clear. There were times, ref, when they were yelling for no reason. It was like, okay, they would yell in this moment, so let me yell. No, you've got to build to the yelling. You've got to build it in. I don't care if they would do that in real life. I'm watching the show. No, I hope in season two that they focus on their strengths. Perry as investigator slash lawyer. We already see the smells of a new case at the end of this season. We'll see what happens from that. But please, let's drop some of the melodrama and just tell a compelling type story. You have the cast, use them. They were confused. So was I in moments. We'll see what happens. And that's Perry Mason. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, okay. So let's just end this because it's a long one. Yeah. And that's great. We haven't had a lot of TV before or before this in a while. Oh, why watch that first look? Seth Rogen's back. But he's on the small screen. And it's on HBO Max, his new film called An American Pickle. <laughs> now, when you hear Seth Rogen, I'll just say, and you hear the title is American Pickle, and it's on HBO Max, I've got my, I don't know if this may be for me. <laughs> so basically you have um seth rogan the director is brandon trost it's uh written and based on uh simon rich's uh sellout which was a short story seth rogan's in it sarah snook is did did we talk about sarah snook already i I feel like we've talked about her this episode not in this Um, episode no got it Sarah Snook is in it. You know, Elliot Gle- uh, 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 People that you... Ooh, Marsha Stephanie. <laughs> I'm just looking through this cast list. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Ugh. So, yeah, when she, I look... She's a, a health inspector, Marsha Stephanie Blake. Okay, well, of course she is. Uh, <laughs> I, w- now, when you look at the poster, it is interesting to look at because it looks like he is an ortho... Like a... Like Tevia from mm-hmm. Fiddler on the Roof. That's yes. exactly what he looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks like a a, Jew- a Russian Jewish man who's come from the, you know, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. that kind of Fiddler on the Roof. So what is happening here? Because <laughs> it's Seth Rogen and yes. it's called an American Pickle. So help me exactly. out. Exactly, yes. So what's happening is Seth plays two characters, uh, one of whom is on that poster, Herschel, Greenbaum. And um, this is the little after the turn of the 20th century. And he meets his wife, who's played by Sarah. And they don't have a lot of money. I mean, you know, so they're dreaming about certain things they would like to have and build this life together. His dream is to be able if to If I were a rich man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. His dream is to be able to drink seltzer water. Her dream, she wants to have enough money to be able to afford a gravestone. Okay. Oh. oh. Now this is a comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in <laughs> the opening, in the opening, it's almost like ref. It they take the silent movie aesthetic, but it's not a silent movie. Mm. So you know, it's a it's a boxed screen. You don't get the full screen. That whole thing, the sepia tones, just like the poster. Mm-hmm. And 
as they're dreaming up this new life and they get married and he woos her and does all of these wonderful things, he buys her a fish, for instance, because oh. he's a, he, he digs ditches. Mm. So he really dug a lot of ditches because he had a lot of problems before he met her. He dug a lot of ditches to get her that fish <laughs> and she ate it. <laughs> okay, started with the head of the fish. So that whole thing happens. They have this budding, hilarious romance. And by the way, they're taking this very seriously. That's where the comedy comes from. They're not mm. joking. Then the Cossacks come and ransack their town. Hmm. Now, they are unscathed, but nobody else is. I mean, you know, Sarah's face gets splattered with blood. Oh, dear. So it's time for them to leave. And they decide to come to the United States and start a new life. And while there, I won't give everything away. I'll tell you that Herschel finds his way into a vat of pickles. (laughs) And he gets shut into this vat for 100 years. And when... He's found, he's discovered a hundred years later, he's preserved because of the pickling <laughs> liquid. <laughs> so that's what the American pickle is. It's not it's not lewd. It's okay. literal. Okay. All right. All right. It is literal. So. There are literal pickles, and Herschel has been pickled. Now, of course, scientists want to study this man. How do he survive in pickling water for a hundred years? Well, you have to see the scene where they explain it. I mean, they know how stupid this is. It's hilarious. And then, well, he has to mourn because his wife is gone. His child, who he never met, is gone. Oh, my goodness. You know, he has no family except for one person. After he knocks the scientists out, (laughs) when they try to do certain things to help him out, they say, hey, we did find a family member of yours because this scientist, the doctor is like, you know, your wife is dead. (laughs) So this guy knocks him completely out. The doctor comes back with his black eyes like we found we found one relative of yours. His name is Ben Greenbaum. He's here. He's coming here to get you. And Ben is also played by Seth Rogen. <laughs> so they see each other. Greenbaum, 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 Greenbaum. Yes, that yeah, they're all Greenbaums. So Herschel, remember, is from 1919. It's now 100 years later. So what's that clash of cultures going to be like? Of course, Ben has to show him the way of the world. He doesn't know what a taxi is. He doesn't know what the (laughs) internet is, what an app is. And Ben has been building an app for a long time. He has a friend who's interested, but he won't present it to be sold. What's holding him back? By the way, remember, Ben is the only surviving relative of Herschel's. So what happened to Ben's family? His parents. Mm. There's a big hole in his soul, and we don't oh. know what caused it. Now that's a it comes to his parents. Yes, it is. <laughs> so Herschel's looking at him and going, hmm, what's up with you? You need to man up, essentially. And what happens is, because he bought, finally, for his wife, the gravestone she wanted, he wants to go visit her grave. Ben's mm-hmm. not into it. He doesn't really like doing that. They finally go, and you can imagine what it actually looks like now. And while there, Herschel thinks that the Cossacks are in the area. I won't tell you exactly what that means. And he wants vengeance. This leads to a big problem, which affects Ben negatively, and it hurts their relationship. And then they become adversaries. And the question is, who will be successful first? 
Will Ben's app be successful? Or will Herschel be able to start a venture with Pickles? That will supersede Ben's success. And then in the end, what is their relationship gonna be? Also, what damage have they done to each other by that time? Oh boy, that got really weird really fast. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds crazy. It sounds nuts. But the way it is presented, it's sweet. Mm. It is a sweet movie, even under the ridiculousness. I think that Seth Rogen, if you're thinking Seth Rogen, you know, completely crazy all the time, you know, frat house humor, not all the time here. Ben is a serious guy, a broken guy. He plays that, just plays it. And that contrasts nicely with Herschel's craziness. Mm. Herschel will knock you out. Okay, he will do that. And he's aggressive. So I think that we've seen so many actors do this, playing two different roles, blah, blah, blah. But it works here. Um, I I did enjoy that. Uh, The whole situation that they get into is ridiculous. I did think, Ref, that whenever you have these big ideas, a man survives 100 years preserved in pickling liquid, you always want more (laughs) than what they can give you. Mm-hmm. The story seems small in comparison to that, but it's sweet. And there are certain smart touches they added. Uh, for instance, they're in Brooklyn. They're in Williamsburg. So, you know, it's all about artisanal food. Mm-hmm. They do that whole thing. It's ridiculous. I won't tell you how Herschel actually comes up with the pickles and what happens <laughs> with that. So it's, you know, so there, there's there's some smart, sweet touches to this that makes it more than what you would otherwise think. It's not just this crass exercise in humor. Um, I kept thinking of Kate and Leopold. Oh. Mm -hmm. Kept thinking of that. I mean, Encino Man, of course, we have that coming back, blah, 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 blah. But Kate and Leopold was the one that kept coming back to me. Not that this is the same, but it has kind of that feel to it. Um, So I would say while it's not perfect, there were some lulls. I did like what Seth did. I did like overall the idea of it, um, what Simon did in uh, converting his short story into the screenplay. Uh, I think Brandon's direction was fine. Uh, I think, you know, it is an HBO Max original movie, so you have to watch it via that platform. If you have it and you just want something that's pleasant to watch and kind of amusing and you can sit back and, and just enjoy it, then this would be the movie for you. Not perfect, but I did enjoy it, I do have to say. Well, the poster says, from the producers of The Disaster Artist, which that's one thing, and then and 5050. Mm-hmm. So they they didn't say, you know, some of Seth's other things. They obviously want you to take it a little more, um, not seriously, because it's not a yeah. serious film, but definitely that. Well, there you go, that's a lot. That is a lot of different things. Now, the theme here, obviously, it's a lot of Brit uh, or it's a lot of imported uh, TV shows. Again, we're probably going to see more of this happening as American television and production in Hollywood in general is hoping to rev up in some way. But until then, the Brits are holding us down and or a couple of other projects here and there that have been finishing up again just put the kids to sleep tell your wife i'm taking out the garbage sit in your car and catch up on one of these episodes on one of these shows i promise i promise you won't think you're doing anything else (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening 
For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.